0: And welcome to The Theology Gaming Show. I am your temporary host of the show. I am covering for Zachary, who's actually here. Hi, Zach.
1: Hi, I am here. (laughs) And we also have
0: our special Brandon Ball Z filling in, collecting the Dragon Balls. How are you doing, Brandon?
2: Doing good. I'm ready to wish Krillin back to life. (laughs) (laughs) He always dies. (laughs) He's always the first one to go. You always got to waste one wish on him. How many times did he die? At least once every season, I think. Oh, man. It seems Uh, like it.
0: We are going to be talking about dying all the time today. actually we're not at all. I don't know why I said that Instead, dying daily crosses. <laughs> yes, dying daily in in to ourselves. yeah uh, actually sort of yeah, that's kind of sort of what we're talking about. Um, the the subject is discernment yay, not a not exactly a really cool word. So I'm gonna do something and call it a little bit more inflammatory and say today we're talking about how Christian discernment is broken.
1: yeah, especially yeah. in regards to video games.
0: And so a uh, little bit of context on why we're going here. Um, before we get into, I, w- I want to ask a question on how you were raised to discern media and video games. But before we get there, we, ha- we have a kind of a question that comes up all the time on our Theology Gaming group. Everybody who joins
1: the groups, their first question is always, what, Zach? Uh, can I play games with sex scenes in them? <laughs> <laughs> I-, I don't know why it's so, it is the ubiquitous question of Theology Gaming University. Uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, well, it's not always just
0: sex scenes. It's also, I, I guess, I think it always ends at sex scenes. But yeah. I think the framing question is a little bit bigger than that. It's more like, when do I say no to a game?
1: Yeah. And but usually what it can revolves can around it lust and sexuality issues. Yeah, how, how like would you, Violence how, is okay. I guess that's an American culture thing. Maybe. But sex, how, not so much. How would you frame it, Brandon?
0: How, what, how, how has it seemed on your end with that question? And how do you think that people are going about it?
2: I think sexuality is a big one. I don't know if that's just because a lot of the gaming people that I interact with is mostly guys, and that seems to be the biggest stumbling block. Like pretty much, almost every guy can relate to lust on some, you know, some form. Yeah, that's that's also
0: something because we're like, uh, unfortunately, a very dude-oriented community uh, with a theology gaming community.
2: (laughs) And when you look at these games, obviously. Or just any media in general, sex sells. So we, that's that line's going to be different for everyone, and we want everyone wants a defined line when they're actually really isn't one that we know of so far. But we always want this box that we know that we can work in, and we can have these guidelines. But you know, yeah. the Bible doesn't say don't play video games with breast in them. You know, it's not just laid <laughs> plainly out in the Bible. So we have to sit there and we have to wrestle with these ideas.
0: Oh, yeah, no. exactly. Exactly. Money and so price. we have this, this crazy, wide, vast diversity of experiences through games. And yet it all comes down to, can I, should I not, what, how, when do you say no? Um, and I think that, uh, oh, oh so, someone, uh, Josh Ortiz uh, had asked the question, "Where do you draw the line?" I think that that was the, the, his key words were, "Where do you where yeah. Where do you stop?" And I, I I've been actually meditating on that kind of concept for the past weekend. Um, Brandon, you and I both just got back from vacation, right? Yes. Yeah. So we couldn't stop. We couldn't stay away from one another. We were talking like the entire time. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> we needed a vacation for our vacation.
0: Oh, well, actually, I, I, I don't know, like, I, I love talking to you guys so much, Um, but it, it, it stirred within me this question of, like, how do we create a tool for people who are trying to figure out how do you discern media? And it took me back to uh, how I was raised to discern media. And Zach, b- b- before I, I get into that, I want to hear about you guys. Like when you were raised, how did your parents, how did your churches or whatever, how were you trained to deal
1: with questionable content? Okay. So who do you want to answer this first? Go for it, Zach. Okay. So I've said many times on this podcast before, probably that I played Mortal Kombat at a young age, but Mm -hmm. I'll explain it in a different way this time around, because this is probably where people kind of get messed up. So My parents were kind of okay with most video games that came into our house. Like, Uh anything. So, you know, like Secret of Mana, or stuff with magic and sorcery and wizards in them. It was like, Uh it was fine, it was okay, because my parents were like, well, this is a fantasy world, and if you can tell the difference between this and real life, then it's okay for you to play. And I'm like, and I, yeah, can,
0: I, I, get the I best. can compliment that. I mean, like, I was definitely of the mindset that like wizards and warriors and stuff, that stuff sort of seems always seemed okay. I don't uh, know why. I, yeah, I I,
1: I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Tolkien.
0: But, but at the same, yeah, Tolkien and C.S. Lewis maybe. But also, as soon as the subject uh, came to like my Christian school, it was like you start talking about anything that is not
1: in the Bible, it's bad. Yeah, or if you're talking about, like, video games in general, they're, like, of the devil, which was the contrast we were having, right? I think that that's, like, the extreme, but I think more on the, like... I started at the... My parents started at the extreme, like a real real Southern Baptist church, right? Uh So the kind where you wear the long skirts, and the person who wears, like... The jean skirts? Knee-high skirt is, like, you know, a prostitute, (laughs) basically. But no, seriously. Like the yeah, no, people, I, I know yeah, exactly. Yeah, woman talking comes about, to church, call four because she's like that. Anyway, yeah. And then we went to another church, and while it's like a little more, it's still not like accepting of video games as a thing that kids can do. It's so, still
0: so like, video games are a is. relatively new medium, but let's make it a little bit more broad. Growing up in the church for you and Brandon, we're going to get to your story in a second. But for you, Zach, growing up in the church. Uh, did, did they provide was, was there an encouraged tool set for discerning movies let's just say movies because like the question was always especially growing up in the early 90s and the mid 90s the question was like do you let your kids watch The Simpsons do you let your kids oh. go to R-rated movies you know like where, what is what is okay <laughs> I'm
1: probably not a good example because I watched Ren and Stimpy as a child <laughs> there's, like truly yeah. really twisted stuff in that show yeah, that's true. But, the Simpsons, but there was always levels. At least in my house, there was levels. But uh-huh. I remember outside. Anytime you're in like a Christian community, or at least yeah. my experience was, just don't talk about those things. It's yeah. just not worth the trouble.
0: Yeah, I, I had my my parents Pokemon were called. Too. Oh yeah, that definitely happened with Pokemon too. Um, my parents actually got called into my school because I was bragging to the other kids that I was watching The Simpsons. When I was in like fifth grade, <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I was talking about watching The Simpsons, and that that got, that was enough to get my parents called, which is pretty bad. Um, yeah, but like, but and like, like for,
1: Redwall are okay, like that's what. Oh yeah, nice, yeah. Even the though, nice though there's animals the rent, that like kill one another, they decapitate each other. It's like the yeah. blood flows out, and then they get drunk they on beer. October ale. Like all these things are okay because they're in a park. Or, or they're in a C.S. Lewis book, right? It's okay to other uh, things.
0: I think a lot of it is the the cultural permission, uh, the kind of like yeah. once you get once you're able to say the right safe word, you're in. Uh, it's kind of like sh- the the Shibboleth story in the Bible. Um, but anyway, anyway, before before I get into that, Brandon, how about you? How, how were you raised uh, to handle media in general?
2: I had free reign, pretty much, of anything. We didn't yeah. grow up in the church, so we didn't really have anything. I know. My grandparents used to give my parents, you know, crap because they listened to that rock and roll music and everything <laughs> like that and that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of rolled down because, you know, when I was in junior high, I started getting into heavy metal. So I was listening to like Slipknot and Korn and everything like that. And I kind of regret some of that now. You
1: were into new <laughs> metal. I specify. was. I
2: mean, everybody N-metal. was. And metal. Yeah. Everybody was <laughs> in it for the nookie back then wearing the uh, red geez. Yankees caps and everything, you know, <laughs> Lip Biscuit. Like, oh, man. You know, so Darst
1: is my hero. Yeah, I was
2: in <laughs> I was in junior high, so like that stuff was big, and then, of course I started branching out, like going into the more like death metal category as I got yeah. older. Uh-huh. And you know, my parents like they let me watch The Simpsons and Ren and Stimpy growing up. They let yeah. me play any sort of video games, so I they take me to get M rated games. I remember, I think I left school either early or my dad took me after school to buy like you know e- Eternal Darkness, Resident Evil Four, and everything <laughs> like that before. Like I was of age and also back then you could buy them and they didn't really card you back then because they didn't care
0: I I know for a lot of a lot of Christian Perspectives is like that's what the, the The heathens do is that they they just let their kids do whatever But what was your experience <laughs> like that's that's just a uh, I don't know sometimes a, a misguided perception but um What was your experience like coming into coming into the faith with christ and then Uh, trying to discern how
2: to figure out those things in Christian community it's still been a struggle because even before coming to the faith you know I would get singled out sometimes for listening to metal music and doing that stuff because not many kids really did listen to that stuff you know some people did like say it was like satanic and everything and like of yeah. course back in that time i was into drawing you know i did draw like pentagrams on my notebook because of god smack you know god smack was cool and everything and they use <laughs> pentagrams and all that stuff but
1: yeah that's definitely it, not getting you points no <laughs> and it no
2: but it didn't really mean anything to me but you always yeah. hear you know i heard growing up you know metal music's bad and you know all the stuff is bad video games are bad and you know, I didn't care back then just because that's who I was. And then, of course, coming over to the Christian side, you know, Christianity has pretty much been about, you know, against the stuff ever since it came out. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. ever since the 70s. So then you get like that even more from a different side, like, you know, oh, this stuff's definitely bad. You know, these are, you know, you should burn some of these records and all that stuff sometimes. Yeah. But I also was able to see good in some of these things, you know, even, you know, when you look at some bands like, you know, as I lay dying and everything like that, even though oh. they had their issues later on, but that was like one of the bigger names for like you know Christian metalcore bands and everything, yeah. like you know singing with like positive messages. Yeah, and I mean,
0: Christian metal became such a, a, a pivotal element in the alt, alt scenes of the early and late nineties um, that really defined where things went. Um, and I, and I, I definitely, we could bond over that for hours. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Going to Zayo concerts and stuff like that. But I, I wanna I wanna maybe refocus a little bit back more towards games. So like you joined the theology gaming community a couple months ago. Yes. And you had a lot of good questions. And you've just been a great question asker the whole way through. And so I wanted to ask you a question, and that's like <laughs> how about how about we just go back to that old question? Like, <laughs> where do you draw the line? <laughs> <laughs> And how how did how did how did how are you how's the process of figuring out how to draw the line going for you? How about that?
2: It's it's rough. I'm still like trying to find out where that line is. I think I've buckled more down on like the you know, as we said at the start, like the nudity and sex yeah, you know, scenes just because I don't really think I need to subject myself to that. I don't really see a reason to do that you know if it's avoidable that's one thing but if it's going to be you know blatantly there you know i should probably just avoid it yeah but uh with my latest example like when i put the poll up on the university about you know the games i stayed away from and whether i was actually judging correctly whether it was just fear of like just what the game looked like and was there something more underneath and you know everyone suggested i should play bloodborne as much (laughs) as i like demons you know dark souls and everything so i would obviously like
1: blood too as i remember
2: the the reason with bloodborne being uncomfortable is because you're taking the blood you're injecting it into yourself you know to heal yourself and you know the bible talks about the lifeblood and everything like you don't want to ingest the lifeblood you know they always want you know when they were sacrificing animals in the old testament they were draining the blood out you never ate the meat with the blood in it because it had life in it yeah
0: and then, and, you, actually, and you're bringing up a great point. I'm gonna, I'm gonna derail you. Feel free yeah. to derail me too. Um, no, please do. So, but there's this, this thing that I think that is really absolutely essential when it comes to discernment, and that's, you kind of brought it up is like the Bible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, we, we as a, a community of of uh, theologically minded people all agree that the Bible is our central source, our, 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 uh, our guide, our
1: authority. Uh, or is that I, a little too formal
0: I don't know maybe um, I, I would Eye I would line. say I, I would say that yeah it's definitely it's definitely our, our central point our, our centering point our, our source material um, does that work yeah
1: does that make sure. sense? I think so yeah okay.
0: <laughs> All right. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so yeah everything that we process we want to make sure that we go through the, the scriptures to get to it but but as you brought up with the question of, of blood and and blood consumption and all those things like that's not a typical question of most media it's like well they're 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 drinking blood they're 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 injecting blood into their gut and they're so so. it's also from
1: software well so those questions come up
2: i was thinking about this the other day when i was thinking about bloodborne you know they're injecting themselves with blood to heal themselves Uh but also how is that different from a blood transfusion from someone who's sick yeah 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 you know so they're not they're, they're not on the same thing
0: but you know uh, that's going to get really offensive if you start talking to jehovah's witnesses uh, but that's another that's another side story <laughs> 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 we're getting
1: in deep
0: yeah we, we could go end up going deep but but I'll i simply say that we're we're trying to focus on how to discern what is faithful biblical living as it relates to especially video games because video games let's face it are we, we, you brought up the subject of sex so uh, if sex is in a game the question is what is your agency in that situation uh so like say for example that uh oh how about uh there's a there's a a stripper scene in the wolf among us telltale's wolf among us yeah and i wrote an article years ago um about how you have the camera control uh not a lot of camera control but where you walk in the game you have a camera control that dictates what you're able to see and so you're, while not completely able to avoid toplessness at all together, you're able to walk away from that and not linger and not not look at that scene for an elongated period of time. Uh, so that determines a certain level of your role in that space or most games that have sex scenes, especially uh, uh, like like role-playing games, you have an option on where things go, where, where do you, you can literally draw the line in the game. Uh, so that draws into another question of, like, the complexity of the player. Um, and the church, I don't believe, is equipped to figure out how to talk about agency in games.
2: Well, um, even the media, because uh, remember Mass Effect when it was coming out? And oh, like, they had the yeah, whole yeah. alien sex scene, and it was on, like, CNN and everything. Like, they were talking about how you could... Fox News. Fox News Yeah, as well, as Fox well. News, that's what it was. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. like, even that, and if you look at it by today's standards, Mass Effect is probably one of the most tame yeah, probably, Mass like Effect sexual is de- games. It's definitely 13 like. Yeah.
0: The, the, the thing is the reason why it gets blown out of proportion is because the role of the player is involved. Um and uh there's a few games that are really uh that actually have interactive sex scenes and those I would I would not even list so because that could be a problem, but it it the question is not just is that a stopping point, mm-hmm. but how about uh, like you had brought up the whole blood transfusion thing or there's so many other things like, like obviously violence in games. You're shooting people in the head. You're murdering people virtually. Um, and why don't we stop there? Why don't we stop at murdering people virtually? Probably because every single video game does it and you're even doing it in mm-hmm. Angry Birds. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but our our sense of figuring out how to talk about those things um, I would posit is fundamentally broken because uh, there's there's uh, an ignorance in how to process those things, and my my perception because all right, I did I didn't emphasize where I come from uh, entirely, but uh, I was given like the guides, the, the the teenage magazines, which tell you how to discern things that are bad. Um, I don't even remember what,
1: (laughs) yeah. Certain things that are bad. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. That's literally what those are. It's like focus on the family sort of stuff or plugged in, right? Exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think that's, it was actually plugged in and I I would get it and it would tell me that Metallica is bad. Don't listen to them.
1: Yeah. Or that Star Uh, Wars is bad because Yoda is a Zen master.
0: Right, 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 right. And so like things along those lines create this, the sense of, um, here, you now know what to do. Yeah. Which, which should be a good thing, except for the fact that our faith fundamentally is about us engaging with God.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right? And this is like listening to a different voice on high. It's like, here is an absolute answer to your question.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> the question that I have for you guys is um, how do you figure... Like, what's, what's the first thing you do if you're trying to figure out if something is... Huh. This can be
1: complicated.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so for me... I, I gotta admit, like I'm around all kinds of people, all kinds of places, all kinds of things, including movies, games, and the world in general. Uh, so the, I don't always have that immediate like, oh, I know what to do right here, or <laughs> I don't always have, I don't always listen to the Holy Spirit on my shoulder and or my gut or wherever he is, and and know exactly what to do in the moment. So I have to process, um, and I that's why I, that's one of the reasons why I started writing about games in general is because. I realize I need to figure out what to do here. Uh, so, how about how about you, Brandon? What 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 is the first thing that you do when you're taking in something new that you're unfamiliar with and you're not you're not sure what God God thinks about it?
2: I probably look for all the key things that go off first. You know, probably like you know, if there's excessive swearing, whether it's like warranted or anything like that. Uh, the scenes, what people are thinking in that moment, and I also try to take you know, as you play the overall arcing context of what something's given to you because you could just play a snippet of a game and take something totally out of context mm-hmm. that it, it'll, it makes no sense to you. Like you could say like this violence in the scene was really unwarranted, but if it's in the middle of the game and there was something building up to that or, car- or something happened, it can totally change your point of view on why someone either reacted that way. Um, I think probably like The Last of Us is a good example for like how you look at like, the story and the character growth that's in there. Like You could take something out of the game and be like, well, why they do this? But when you look at it as the overall growth of Joel and Ellie along the whole thing, it makes more sense as to why everything was the way it was in the game.
1: Sure, sure, cool. Uh, Zach, how about you? Okay, so I'll use movies as an example first. Uh, I like Quentin Tarantino movies. This may not be a well-known fact about me. But I tend to enjoy them and analyze them probably beyond what they're meant to be analyzed. But I really enjoy watching them, and so does my family, which is kind of weird. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) so I was thinking of seeing The Hateful Eight when it came Uh out in December. But you know what? I don't really see Quentin Tarantino movies in theaters. And the reason is because I don't know what to expect. Uh And... Sometimes, uh, yeah, he has racy content in his movies, yeah. as you might have heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I was glad that um, I had rented The Hateful Eight instead, because then I could skip Pause most it. of the fifteen-minute sequence where Samuel Jackson describes in vivid detail um, something or other, which I'm not going to convey here. But <laughs> yeah. I was glad to be able to watch it at home because,
0: yeah. While you're able to skip ahead, that's one of my favorite things. Okay, s- quick sales promotion point: get Netflix because it has a timeline scrubber. You can skip a scene and know exactly where to start the next scene.
1: It's great. Yeah, and you can go buy Netflix because, because no one, one has an entire Netflix, right? movie and go. Oh, is this for me? <laughs> and it's like, no,
2: <laughs> bye. Well, well uh, while we're on the subject of movies, like it was brought yeah, up a okay. uh, couple days ago when we were talking about Deadpool, Josh, and mm-hmm. we were talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. scenes in that and. You know, we made you aware of like a scene that was in it. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard enough people talk about what's in the movie. And I'm kind of glad I stayed away, even though as much as I want to see it, just because, you know, Deadpool's a fun character. Like, he's a fun character to watch and read. But. When you, the, you know, probably like the, I think it's probably the stripper scene where they go to the club and everything. And yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff.
0: I knew when it got to the stripper scene, I was like, all right, there's strip club.
2: I fast forward. Uh, all right,
0: scene looks like it's over. You can play now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, um and, and, but that's also, that's also my, my personal convictions. I know that some people can actually like watch, can, can, can go through those things with a little bit more purity. But like, I, I, I like to like cover my eyes when something is a little bit too intense. And I actually cover my face in like, I, I Gratuitous violence uh, realistic conveyed violence too. like it's just like my natural gut reaction. Like I don't want to see it um, Even when I know it's not true um, But but Zach so
1: sorry sorry uh, I, I just don't uh, finish find, it on. I just don't find sexual content usually particularly interesting. It usually can com- yeah. like conveys nothing about the content, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, that's my problem with it usually yeah. Sometimes violence can be used as like, oh, this person is having conflict with this person, mm. right?
0: Or or it can be totally shocking and be like conveying, holy crap, this character is actually really, really, really bad. And you didn't know that he was quite yeah. that bad because he never killed somebody before
1: on but screen. Sometimes it's like shorthand for love, right? They just yeah. throw it in there. It's like, oh, look. Yeah. And, and
0: that, that was one of the short the, 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 the cliched answers that they gave for um The Witcher 3 when they, they announced that it had uh, several hours worth of motion-capped sex, and they were like, "Well, at, at least you'll know that they really like one another." <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: okay, great.
0: Thanks. And so, those those are those are helpful things. But I think that when you, one of my my concerns with with framing discernment, and one of the things that this this whole conversation is just burning within me is, why do we frame things on the negative? Why do we start with what do you say no to instead of How? What do you say yes to?
1: Because it's Um, scary, and you could be you could be exposed to something that you haven't seen before. Maybe, maybe. But I I like people like rules. I'll I'll say that (laughs) much. People like rules. And rules
2: were meant to be broken. And
1: rules are things that can coordinate our lives in a way. Classic and most
0: difficult framework of Christian discussion is. Where does the legalism stop and where do the where does the grace end or or, or maybe
1: not grace, people would re- probably frame it liberty. Uh you know? but you can yeah. think of it even less in terms of like, let's say, legalism, right? Just yeah. In just in general, we like to create rules for ourselves so that yeah. we can well, feel also, like in we're games the game is defined by whether, you know, the constraints of the game. Yeah. If you the same reason why games are often appealing is because they offer tangible rule sets that and, and the rules are limited
0: and yeah. and you're you're not you're you're able to participate in just those rules and not have to think about uh, whether or not your your mom is mad at you for not calling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: something like that. <laughs> well,
0: uh, but anyway, so um, my, my my next question is, how do you uh, look for the good? In games, and and how do you define what is good? Because I think that a lot of the time when we talk about discernment, we immediately default to, oh, well, that's all the bad stuff. That's how we say no to the bad stuff. But how do you look for the good stuff? Yeah,
1: I think it was like kind of when people were like, oh, Killer is Dead and has those like pervy like scenes where you give gifts to girls and stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember that back in the day, and everybody was like, this game must be the worst. And I'm like, no, how could it be the worst? So I, I, I finally played it, right? Mm-hmm. I wrote several articles about this, I guess. Yeah. And uh, the game itself was very intriguing. It was like... How so? It was, what, what was the good that you were looking for in it? The thing is, people were looking at the game as if it were kind of a vehicle for, like, misogyny, right? Like, that was a big thing back then, mm-hmm. at least a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. It seems to have lessened over time. But it was seen as, like, Suda51 games are seen as the Tarantino equivalent, but they're not really... There's no, they game. really
0: aren't. That's like that's like comparing like Spielberg to like you, <laughs> Ball.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and a lot of a lot of the game is has a story, but it's something you kind of have to work for, ah. which was unusual. I found it interesting. It was supposed to be kind of a ironic commentary on a dark James Bond character. Okay. Like, what is the in real life what would be the end of a james bond character right he like, yeah. constantly drinks uh, he uh. kills people and sleeps with women right what is the end result of all this and the game is like well if you don't think about what you're doing bad things are probably going to happen to you so what point.
0: i'm what i'm hearing from you I'm, I'm i'm interrupting you i apologize not really is <laughs> you're looking for thematic thematic motivations within the developer's mindset yeah what is what is the or, or maybe, maybe more accurately, could you reduce that to worldview? Would you say that you're looking for the worldview in it, or what, is that too big of a word?
1: It can be said that you could find a worldview in certain games. I don't want to put yeah. it like too far, because
0: like okay, so worldview might be too far in cause terms like, of
1: Bayonetta like, is like
0: the way that you see the, what the, whole the world. What is the worldview
1: in that game? Um, I put a bunch <laughs> of stuff in the game, and it was all fun and it works, So. Zacky <laughs> okay, Kamiya does not care. yeah, 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 that things, was that fight, was what he said about scale. it, which is
0: funny with when it comes to scale down, but that's another story. so you you specifically are saying that you're going after what are what are the themes established and what 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 is the game actually yeah. saying? Is especially that in
1: games that people hate. I, I'm a contrarian by nature. So yeah, no,
0: that's true. I, I or, actually, no, that's not true, Zach. You're not a contrarian. You want to debate this? <laughs>
1: I am a contrarian <laughs> on
0: some things. <laughs> So Brandon, how about you? How what, what is what, what do you look for when you say something is good in a game? Let's specifically go with games. What is the good that you're looking for? What is the good that you define?
2: I think it depends on the game and what it's trying to accomplish. Like if a game's actually just trying to be a game first with narrative second, or if it's trying to tell a narrative and, in front of the gameplay. Yeah. Um, Since I talk about Dark Souls a lot, since that's my <laughs> big thing. But I think Dark Souls is probably one of the best examples of from software wanted to make a game they know what they wanted to make for a game and they made a fun game yeah they have all these systems in it and they have a story in it but you really do not need to take a part in the story whatsoever to enjoy the game yeah i think that they made a game first before making the narrative now as deep as the narrative goes that you know i give them a lot of credit for that yeah. but i don't have to take part in it if i don't want to
0: so would you say that the good that you're looking for is is mechanic is, is often
2: the mechanical richness and the the fine tuning of systems? I, in a, in a plot, I try to find good, but if I can't find it, it depends on how I'm starting off with the game. Yeah, because like with Bloodborne, I'm like I'm just gonna look at least for the good first when I started playing it because that's yeah. how I just wanted to go in first. Like, what's good? I'm like they created you know a good game because we're all fallen people creating fallen products you know yeah 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 nothing's going to be perfect in this and everything at least has some sort of base good and de- broken down to its base form there's good there and we're the mm-hmm. ones who distort things so let's try to find the good with that and then i try to branch out from there like playing dark souls even though it is hardly a christian game whatsoever <laughs> you can they cease- don't, they don't call it they don't call it light souls yeah Yeah. happy souls (laughs) yeah
0: christian souls save souls yeah (laughs) that'd be awesome i want to play that game holy souls (laughs) but
2: i think i've said this before in a comment of like how i can kind of relate to some of the things in dark souls even on my own personal journey
0: yeah, in terms of like the the, the conflict, con- overcoming difficult yeah. opposition and and having to, to kind of like bang your head against difficult things sometimes and
2: well yeah and uh, Dark Souls the whole recurrent theme is they keep reigniting the fire and like you know the uh. curse goes away and it keeps coming back and sometimes as Christians I feel we can kind of get into that same thing where we start hitting these walls, these blocks, we don't know what's going on, and then we hear like a good sermon or we read something good and we're reinvigorated, you know, that flame's reignited in us. But then so on down the line, we start getting frustrated, lost, confused, as in like we don't know where to go. We don't know how to advance to the next step, you know, how to break the cycles that we sometimes get ourselves in, and we just kind of keep reigniting the flame, reoccurring, cycles mm-hmm. over and over again yeah but sometimes there's something more outside that we need to have god pull us into to advance past that cycle or age yeah, yeah
1: like friends or uh yeah a new strategy or okay <laughs> or, i or, thought you're or, talking or...
2: about the show first like i was like what is like jennifer <laughs> no, Aniston no, has no ross and chandler in this no, one no, yeah.
1: no, no. <laughs> okay <laughs> i've never watched friends and on it but, cool. but so you
2: bring up a good point you know we can bring people along to help us you yeah, know in I, us, you yeah, can yeah. call on people to help us or like you know i, I think
0: that, that the key in terms of like our small crew of theology gaming is that we've tried to find a way to help one another to parse all this stuff um, and it's that that ongoing conversation that dialogue that actually like gets us to think a lot deeper than just uh, the surface level issues
2: for story though going back in this I try to understand oh, yeah, yeah. the character I try to understand the characters yeah, yeah I try yeah. to understand what's going on I'll go back huh? to the last of us I mean when you see like the first like five to ten minutes of the last of us and how heavy that that hits you you mm-hmm. know it's like up it hits you right away and everything but that sets the whole groundwork for why Joel is the way he is and are we allowed to talk spoilers about last of us now it's the intro of the game I'd say you can spoil the intro oh spoil okay. the intro that's okay well what about the ending? yeah no. No, well, let, let's not let not go into we back won't do that yet but um I will just say when you get to the and you can see why certain decisions were made throughout the whole thing exactly. and if you put yourself in his you know in his position if you're living that you stuff to, out if you have the controller in your hand yeah you know you're <laughs> you're him you know yeah, g- yeah. given the situation would we make the same decisions in, in real life you know yeah That's so I try to connect with them on that sort of level Cool, cool. Uh,
0: when when it comes to me, um, when I when I try to figure out where's the good in something. Now, my professional or whatever writing career, when it comes to games, started mostly kind of with Zach, but then immediately after, I started writing for Game Church. And uh, one of the things that Game Church is really really emphatic on when it comes to the website is what is the virtue, um, what what is the intrinsic good in a game cuz that's kind of like the exact opposite of of the websites that are dedicated to telling you whether a game is good or not um yeah. objectionable <laughs> content as Yes a, a, having a section of all the all the because the ESRB ratings of of M ratings and such aren't good enough apparently Yeah um <laughs> they're generally good now I thought I mean they're, they're, gotten they're better they're accurate-ish but like I I also have a problem with that cuz they don't tell you what's actually like virtuous in the game that you're actually going to be, whether or not the game is going to add something to you. And that's the hardest thing for me in terms of game criticism. And the most important thing to me is what is the thing in here that not only speaks to us universally, but also speaks to the character of God as he's moving in our midst and not just in like Christian communities, but in terms of like every game developer has some level of God's image, God's vision, some, some, Perspective of a rightly ordered world in some fashion. And uh, that's how I, I I learned to enter into games when I started writing for Game Church four years ago. And that's what I continue to try to find how to approach in games. Uh, but it's still sometimes really tricky because it's not a common conversation point. Like, what is the virtue of X? You know, like, it's usually the conversation, like we said, always starts with, where do I, where do I, where do I pull the plug? Where do I hit reset? You know, like, where do I stop playing? Instead of like, well, what is, what is the redemptive aspects of this? Um, and I think that that's uh, ultimately not just a game thing, and it's not just uh, a media thing. It's a Christian culture thing, uh, where we're not taught to look for. It's kind of like go to the Bible and find out whether or not it's true. Except for it's not like. Do you, that doesn't necessarily translate to how do you see the world. Um, like when Paul went to uh, Mars Hill in, in uh, Acts, What well, wasn't 10, it was, was it 14? I don't know, in the middle of Acts when 17, 17 I believe is where uh, Paul goes to Mars Hill and he goes into the culture and is around all this idolatry. And if you're a good Christian, typically you would think, oh, bad, idols are bad. But Paul says he looks at some of the idols, he studies some of the, the culture and he says uh, that they have this unnamed God. they have an idol to an unnamed God. that's actually and he's like, this is actually the true God uh, that you don't know
2: <laughs> and <laughs> yeah.
0: And he ends up going on and on about how uh, their poets say all these things about this, this particular unknown deity and he's like, this is this, is this the father of the universe. And this is, and I'm here to tell you about his emissary, his son Jesus, and I want to be like that when it comes to the world. Um, I need to turn this into a question, so it's a conversation and
2: not me monologuing. Well, well I have a, I have a question about this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, so you're talking about, you know, wanting to find the virtue and yeah. everything in this. Do you think it's possible? Because I'm just, you know, sure. Philippians sure. four eight. You know, where it tells us, you know, that we should think about all these good things, you know, dwell on them, everything. Yeah, yeah.
0: Dwell on that, whatever is right, whatever is true.
2: Yeah, and so on and so forth. Now, if you get a game that's dark and it has no virtue, can you still see the light in it? Because in the darkness, light shines brightest, where you see all this bad stuff, but it gets you to think about, wow... I, you think more about the good stuff of God by seeing all that muck and everything, mm. but you can focus on the good be like that did not have any of this and I don't understand it, but you start thinking about these good virtues and everything that you should be doing that's not really a part of the game. Yeah, that's, that's a good question whenever something is like literally dwelling in depravity. Yeah.
0: Um, can what you does, point out
1: a game that does that necessarily?
0: Uh, I can think of a good handful. So the first one that comes to mind is Spec Ops The Line, which is a descent into... Uh, an endless consumption for more violence. Uh, exploring things of uh, PTSD and uh, accidentally killing your fellow soldiers and uh, innocent it's, civilians. It's
1: Apocalypse Now. They, they it's it's, apocalypse yeah, now. it's just
0: essentially Apocalypse Now. It's about a soiled conscience. Um, and that's one of the other things that comes up in scripture is don't soil your conscience because then you'll have a very difficult way, life, life with things. Um, and it's and, just and, like this game. <laughs> this is the yeah, experience yeah. of that. So that, that is the es- essence of, uh, of of that game. It's also the essence of a, a large number of other games that came around that same time. Like um, Bioshock Infinite is about you kind of like being a terrible person who made some terrible choices. And you don't know that when you first step into issues. Uh, but as it becomes uh, apparent, there's uh, the question of like, how does... Like you're obviously going through the the most beautiful city that's ever existed, and killing all the cops, <laughs> mowing, chainsawing their faces. But you're thinking that you're the good guy, um, <laughs> and, and so it, it causes you to step away, and, and and you feel and you feel like you're you're it. Without spoiling what happens in the end, like you do realize that you are kind of a monstrosity. It's not a huge spoiler because you're chainsawing cops' faces in the first. Action that you yeah, actually right. really commit in the game, um, <laughs> and so um, the the takeaway from those kinds of games is well, number one, do you like doing that? That should be a good question.
1: Um, and then, uh, yeah, Hotline Miami. That's the first thing I. Hotline thought.
0: Miami mm-hmm. is another really good example where it's you're like basically just
1: people?
0: yeah. Do you like hurting people? Is the framing story of Hotline Miami, which is which is uh, best described as a combo chaining murder simulator.
1: Yeah. In um,
0: huh. Drive, now, the video game, <laughs> very very similarly inspired by Dri- the movie Drive, but also being top down pixelated, so it kind of creates a, a, a safer distance from the the intimacy of the violent crimes that you're committing. Um, also, I really really liked the first Hotline Miami uh, because of the uh, the way that it, it let you. See, it, it had this way of like drawing your attention to this the, the, the horrible things that you're committing in the game in terms of violence. Um, and also like being like, there's this weird mix of like, yeah, you're bad, good job. <laughs> 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 which is really disorienting. And so it caused you and caused me to walk away from the game and say like, all right, well, why is this the way that it is? What is the compulsion within me to want to play this kind of game? Um, and I think that that's virtuous in some sense.
1: Yeah. Um, so games with total depravity are often like an example of it. Yeah. At least that also, I've found. Again, haven't played Grand Theft Auto V. Couldn't tell you much yeah. about it.
0: Yeah, I think that... Yeah. I
1: mean, Grand Theft Auto Five is typically the, the
0: first question that, that like parents ask... Is should I let my kid play Grand Theft Auto Five or
1: yeah, uh, should kids.
0: I uh, should I play Grand Theft Auto Five? Or they don't want to ask because they think that the answer is going to be a default no. Um, whereas I think that the the key is, well, do your research.
1: Yeah, uh, I'd probably think it's not all that bad of a game. That'd be my guess. Yeah,
0: I, I would. Be, I am definitely willing to play Grand Theft Auto Five. Am I going to say that? I'm I'm going to be able to consistently play it? Probably not. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's also a cultural icon right now. It's it's got more sales than any other game <laughs> that's been sold in the past four years. Um, every time that you go and check the games of the month, it's still on the top ten. Um, Some unbelievable. I yeah, it's kind of unbelievable in that sense. Uh, but anyway, that's 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 that's
2: so. Do you have anything that you wanted to add, Brandon? I was going to say, like, with Grand Theft Auto, even though I'm going to stay away from it, what they do with their stories is they're big on satire. So, like, a lot of their things, like, the way that they write it, you know, it's a satire piece pretty much is what they're doing. They're making well, fun they say, of culture but and everything. Like,
0: it's very, like, it's. there's also times that the, the website Babylon B is supposed to be satire, and I uh, very much want to say, like, no, you're, you're doing it wrong. That's not satire.
1: <laughs> satire <Yeah>. is hard. <laughs> Like, it's extremely right, hard. It, it's, it's
0: defined by nuance and subtlety and using both cliches and subverting them. Um, but I, I, I agree with what you're saying, is that there's there's an attempt to mimic and mock uh, certain aspects of the criminal life within uh, the, the idea or the promise of Grand Theft Auto, but I think that it also uh, is submitted to the, the promise of the game, which is you can go and commit crimes in this game. Yeah. <laughs> you can go and commit grand theft auto um, (laughs) and much more (laughs) Uh, that's that's and that's just limited to the triangle button
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) but but gosh darn it if it isn't fun to do (laughs) yeah
0: yeah there i mean and and people enjoy it for a ton of reasons also the one thing that i love to talk about and this is indicative only of games and not of any other medium is the magic is the magic circle or the 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 rules of that contained experience only at only apply to that particular space and have no forbearing on any other space. So, for example, if I uh, am playing a game of Call of Duty with you guys, which I haven't done in years, but if I was, and I shoot you in the face, that is playing the game correctly. <laughs> yes. yes. If you That is me.
1: actually
0: not only the right thing to do, uh, but it's just part of the... It's par for the course. Uh, to use another unnecessary pun. Um, or cliche. But when it comes to obviously real life, we know that that would not work. Um, that is not the point of real life. That is shooting each other in the face? Um, sorry, that, that could be very insensitive. Uh, that's that's not what I'm not. I'm not trying to do that. I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm capsizing my own talking right now. Uh, so let's change the subject. Is that all right?
1: <laughs> sure, for sure. Yeah, Segway.
0: Next question. Uh, I am great at segues. I'm fantastic at them, except this time and most <laughs> of the time. Uh, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is kind of like the most important uh, representation of, of God in our actual palpable real world. Maybe not palpable, but in but ta- uh, in our lives. He's the, the scriptures say that as you uh, believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within you and comforts you and convicts you and uh, speaks to you a lot of the time. So like the question I have is what role do you see the Holy Spirit having in your gaming habits, especially as it res- relates to discernment? Uh, this is a hard one. Okay. I'm going to play the Jeopardy music. Can we play the Jeopardy music? It's
1: like the hardest question.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, do you do you feel like the Holy Spirit plays a role into your normal gaming habits? Probably.
1: Probably? Yeah. That sounds kind of like a vague answer, but yeah, I no, understand. No, I, I understand. Yeah. But in terms of what I've been playing lately... It's mostly been, like, Hearthstone and arcade racing games. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good point. So, Hearthstone, he's telling you which card to play. <laughs> well, Hearthstone's, like, mostly about the joy of discovery and then, like, yeah. messing around with the cards and then yeah. putting them in unorthodox combinations and then your oh. opponent has, says, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, 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 Why are you playing with these? And uh, yeah. I have a lot of fun just having creativity with that game. So if you want to mm-hmm. consider that, Part of the holy spirit playing the game with you then yes i would say yes (laughs) and then with racing there's i don't know why but like new racing games don't really appeal to me as much as the older ones do like ridge racer yeah like like forza and gran turismo are basically simulation games right or kind of like this middle ground and every codemasters game i've ever played like dirt and grid i hate the physics in those games Hmm. but like in ridge racer i can just enjoy the thrill of driving a car at 180
0: miles per hour and and, doing a 360 and maintaining your speed a
1: completely unrealistic corner. It's like (laughs) I'm like freaking sideways here, like drifting around (laughs) is like at full speed. And then you could just spin around and crash and you still win the race. (laughs) That's what I want to do when I play a video game. Yeah. And I, I like, I like the purity of the experience because it's like this ideal of how like a five-year-old kid thinks how cars are.
2: <laughs> which is that they just
1: drive yeah. really fast. That's and, that's really,
0: really key is, is the spirit of
1: play. Yeah. The spirit um, of play, like if if you're supposed to be like, you know, kinda like children of God, I think yeah. there is a sense in which that video games need to be playful. Yeah. And not just always dark, greeny, realistic, browns and greys, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Much as I like like Dark Souls and games like it, sometimes you need to like Pull back and sometimes you just need variety. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and not to like kind of like drown yourself in kind of these dark experiences all the time. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That, that was definitely how I felt in the first Tomb Raider. Not the first Tomb Raider, but the the rebooted Tomb Raider was. Yeah, I, like, I felt didn't like, play it. <laughs> there's a yeah, lot of it was gray in that. Extremely gray and grim and horror ish for a game about playing as a 20 year old. British girl who's learning how to survive and shoot bad guys
1: well, yes. I, think I, I like the contrast I guess that's what I'm saying is like as Christians right you don't want to yeah. immerse yourself in one kind of experience yeah. so totally and utterly in that way that you end up yeah. like affecting yourself and that's going to yeah. be different for everybody but that's how I kind of like to think of the Holy Spirit being intertwined with the way you play video games yeah.
0: that's good um, Brandon do you have uh, have you
2: come up with an answer on this one Uh, to be determined <laughs> I've been I've been thinking about this because before you know obviously going back to before I became a Christian you know I played games because I liked them I had fun playing them and I didn't really think about these things they didn't really bother me you know same thing as yeah, like movies literally, you know it was just playing games Christian monkey wrench yeah. and then you become a Christian and you're like oh crap i gotta start thinking about these things like <laughs> i gotta start trying to do some of these things and for a while i think i was trying to justify everything i played was sitting there like oh i'm playing this because of this because of this and i lost the overall goal for a game is to have fun and that's why we play games is to have fun yeah. and i lost sight of that to where i probably wasn't having as much fun playing games because i sat there and felt like i had to justify everything i was playing yeah, and that was uh, no fun at all. <laughs>
0: yeah, there, there's there's a role of uh, rest and 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 the nature of like relaxing uh, and and uh, self-soothing uh, that I think is a part of games that we tend to neglect, um, and or, or and we have words in our Bible for rest and restoration and and taking time off from things that are productive oriented yeah. um and i think so that's like yeah yeah because um
2: games is my form of relaxation like we don't hardly watch any tv anymore i think maybe i watch maybe 30 minutes a day like 30 minutes to an hour and that's just yeah. usually like around dinner time but other than that like you know on the weekends i'm not turning the tv on watching anything unless the wife has something on passing like i'd rather play a game you know i try to catch up on the news on my phone and everything but i just don't watch tv really anymore yeah, because it's not interesting when you don't have a role in it <laughs> yeah and i'd rather play the yeah. same game 20 times a lot of times and watch some of the stuff that's on tv because i just don't care about it anymore. yeah 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 it's hard to care when you're
0: yeah when you're when you're just uh not involved directly personally um for for me when it comes to like the holy spirit and and how i try to engage with him um, I I, I try to involve him in my prayer life, and yet I've, I've I've cycled on this. This is one of those like struggles in my formation. Is uh, crap. I haven't been talking to you. I feel so terrible. Uh, <laughs> and and like oh god, I wanted to talk to you while I was playing this game, and I got so sucked into the game I forgot to talk to you, and it becomes like yeah. this this really stupid guilt thing that's not necessary at all. Um, but he takes pleasure in our pleasure. He involves himself. Uh, as we invite him in, and I also realize that there's this 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 aspect that like he wants to be involved in what we're doing. Um, and he wants he wants to be able to have a conversation in the space. Uh, and a lot of the time I'm just not I'm just not spiritually and mentally present enough to do that. and that's okay because I can process things afterwards when I'm not in that moment. I can live in the moment and then afterwards I can just kind of like think things through with him. Um, and for me, I think that that's the role that the Holy Spirit takes in my in my discerning process is after I play a game, I just sit there and think about it for a while. Like I'm just doing tons of other things and I'm processing how that goes. And I'm just kind of like contrasting that with what it says in the scriptures. I'm contrasting that with uh, with you guys. I'm tossing that out um, in, in every kind of community that I can, because I think that the, the church, the Bible, the Holy Spirit, all those things are integral into the process of discernment. Um, does that does that sound like a, an experience remotely similar to what you guys go through? Yeah,
1: I, I think theology yeah. gaming is partly that. <laughs> it's yeah. like a yeah, yeah. yeah. journal of video game experiences. <laughs> it's kind of decompressing something into why it's good or why it's bad, and it's mm-hmm. yeah. hard to convey in text, yeah. but it like makes me think about why I play that game and what's mm. actually good about it or what's awful about. yeah, yeah.
0: And, mm. and that having a set that soundboard I think is absolutely crucial on why I'm so glad that we have that so I I, I I mean I grew up most of the time playing games in a vacuum by myself without really knowing what not having words I could put behind the games it was just like I really like this game it's fun I like yeah. it
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like I like Doing that, yeah. It's not very
0: intelligent intelligent or interesting to talk about that yeah,
1: way. Which is like <laughs> E3 in a nutshell, right? Everybody's like That uh, game looks like the good thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh some of the discussion is definitely along those lines, unfortunately. Um uh, but I think that there's a lot of substance and a lot of a lot of depth to the some of Yeah. You mean like the, the five
1: hours of the new Zelda footage?
0: Yeah, I, I three minutes. I, I saw some of it I was like the game looks really really good I don't know why they're speaking in Japanese over top of it but alright <laughs> <laughs> alright um, yeah so um, the last question that I have for you guys is um, what is the main thing that you how would, how would you frame discernment for the future of, of theology gaming alright that's really broad I apologize I see your faces and you're just like uh. no, um, no, I,
1: I think I get it
0: but yeah, like how, how would you try to take the, the concept of discernment and hand it to a guy who just joins our group and says, hey guys,
1: how do you figure
0: out, how do you do discernment with games?
1: Well, I think partly it's gonna rely on what games they've already played. Yeah, yeah. Which helps, like if we have context, usually somebody comes in and says like, I think X game is bad. Or they say something like, I'm worried about this game, right? And then if we mm-hmm. ask them, What did you play, or what have you played in the past, Mm -hmm. right, that either led you to this point or is similar to this game? Mm -hmm. Then we would have a context for discernment, because usually we just kind of have it in a vacuum, right? Yeah. Like, someone will say, I didn't, or I I can't play that because of X or Y, right? But Mm -hmm. we don't understand where they're coming from at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And usually that can make it problematic, and then somebody will go hog wild, somebody else, and... We've had that before.
2: Yeah, yeah. I
0: mean you're, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. Bye-bye, <laughs> <laughs> guys. Like, and yeah, there's, a, there's a difference <laughs> between
2: being hesitant to play something but uh-huh. and then just being like downright, you know, I don't really think I should play something. Like, you can be hesitant, yeah. like, you know, I'm not sure, be like, no, I really don't think I should play that. And if you feel that way, then just don't play it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah.
2: it, it's it sounds you know blunt and everything, but if you really think you shouldn't play it, yeah, I mean, don't, don't, don't ask other your
0: conscience, yeah, to
1: tell you yeah. you can play it.
0: Also, for me, when
2: what I what I tend to do,
0: which which I'm not saying is the right way, is um, as I engage in things, I, I ask myself like, why did I really want to do this? Uh, I'm like, why why did I really want why did I really want to see Quentin Tarantino's Hateful Eight or why? <laughs> Sorry, I'm doing weird things with my hands. Uh, oh. Oh, cool. <laughs> why, why, why do I really, really want to play through the entirety of uh the the Uncharted or Metal Gear Solid Five? Five,
1: yeah, yeah. Because I put I spent like 99
0: hours on that game, which is insane for any married adult male. Um, <laughs> I admit this. Yeah, I admit just this. add
1: your I reckon, hours in Ground Zero. Too. I
2: think you wrote an article about how long you played that game. Yeah, it was yeah. A sweet yeah, it was just kind of like a
0: question. Like, should I feel bad about this? Because I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the main reason why I, I I framed it that way is just to kind of like pause it as a question for the community to really process. Because for me, I honestly find that when you uh, when you have an experience that is that is particularly rich to uh, particular values, and in my opinion, Metal Gear Solid Five is a game about honoring uh, your enemies and valuing. Uh, doing the most virtuous possible thing in a terrible situation um, which I find such a powerful theme, uh, but not terribly common to uh, Christian discussions. Um, although you find it plenty of the place in the Bible, like every ter- every single person in a Bible story is a terrible person in some way shape or form. and uh, it's a story of redemption in some way. Uh, shape or form, because the first guy who's the biggest prophet in the Bible, besides Jesus, is a murderer. Uh, that's how the story starts. Uh, so if you haven't killed somebody, you're already doing better than the most famous prophet ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's a type uh, line right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but when it comes to like the kinds of stories that we, we engage in, if you've already crossed the starting line, don't get filled with guilt. Maybe just ask like, why do I like this so much? Um, and don't think start don't, yeah, take time to think about it. Don't just stop right there. Yeah, or and, and and don't, a say, mistake.
1: don't say yourself, oh, it must be sin. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. Must yeah,
0: be yeah. Sin, you know? That is sin. But one since always about the motivation of, uh, distancing yourself from God. Uh, so when it comes to me really, really, really wanting to check out um, like I, like it was with hateful eight like i just really or deadpool deadpool's a really good example cuz i just like i really wanted to see it i know it's bad i know there's going to be lots of things in there that are offensive i know there's going to be 90% dick jokes but i knew i knew that it was going to be there there was some reason why it was a cultural discussion point and why so many people really liked it and i f- figured it was just mostly teenage id um, but i found that it was also uh, the hero's journey subverted, and people just can't get away from the nature of a hero's journey. Um, and even though, like, the movie tries, the, the story tries to, like, subvert the hero's story, it's really about trying to do good for other people and not just yourself. Yeah. And that, that's. that's nice. Yeah, that's, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good uh but but my motivation going into it was so many so many other things and it was just like i i'm really curious what 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 what's the the pulse on the community i want to see a action movie uh and i might have to ask my parents to go for a walk because they can't tolerate the movie even though we're watching it together on vacation (laughs) 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 um but, yeah, I still felt a little bit bad with some of the content. But, what, what, you know, like, it's not so much about whether or not I feel bad. It's about whether or not um, I'm able to discern what is right and wrong and dismiss that, which I don't like. It's, it's the chewing the meat and spitting out the bones
2: that I'm really after.
1: Yeah, it's, it's okay to be uncomfortable.
2: Yeah. Well, some people argue that being uncomfortable is the best kind of art out there. That art should make you uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. But that can be true. Yeah, which is also why a lot of Christian art sucks.
1: <laughs> yeah, cuz it's all about warm and fuzzy feels. Yeah, and or, praise or, and worship or, music. <laughs> or judgmental a lot of, being awesome like God's not dead, like I'm I'm the best. I'm a 18-year-old who can argue against an atheist professor or something like
0: that. Right. <laughs> and the that thing. and that's uh, the, the fictionalized power fantasies that don't feel honest and challenging to the actual intended audience. Um, and, and that's and that's the challenge of any core uh, media form, is how do you make something that people want to engage with, uh, but is going to make them uncomfortable, uh, that they might not actually like? Uh, that's really hard. Um, so how, do, how do you make something for people that they're going to spend money on that that's going to leave them uncomfortable?
1: Yeah, you, you like Quentin Tarantino movies, see? Look, yeah. it all runs back. See so yeah, how movies... Like the hateful eight should be deeply uncomfortable for anybody who watches it. Yeah, I
0: mean, like it's like like you said, it's like largely about racism post Civil War. Yeah,
1: and and then it's alternately hilarious and then super uncomfortable. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> Which yeah. is great because it's just ping pong you
0: back and forth. Yeah, ping ponging <laughs> back and forth. And that's the thing about an emotion, uh, the, the nature of narrative is it's meant to take you through an, uh, a journey of up and downs. And when you see a story that doesn't have lows. And it only has and it only has highs. Those highs are the flat. You don't see the you don't see the lows. So all, all it, it seems is just flat. Uh, and so when you have a really dynamic journey, there's the, the the variety of ups and downs. That's just something that I'm constantly thinking about making trailers. Is how do I make sure that this game trailer steps into lows, um, it makes you feel a little bit a little bit disappointed somehow, which is uh, then uplifted when you see that you can actually break
2: through I'm sorry I'm talking I'm rambling now save me <laughs> <laughs> well with the uh, games now like you know we're sitting there we're talking more about movies and like how they want to make you feel and everything and games are starting to get more towards that point because you know you look at their infancy they weren't trying to make you uncomfortable they were just you know you, they wanted you to have fun but well, now everybody I would, wants I would that, argue that like mm-hmm. Mario
0: was about making you very uncomfortable in terms of like you really have to play really good in super mario brothers to be able to make it past even the first level
1: (laughs) yeah well arcade games are about making you pay money
0: yeah that's really (laughs) true too is that you that that paying
2: because you're failing
1: yeah which is kind of a fascinating which is motivating you to
0: get better etc yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah but they're they mostly just want you also to have fun with their product like they don't think they want you to be so uncomfortable that you i'm just gonna stop playing this we're more now people they want those narratives. They want to be drawn in. They want something edgy. Pe- you know, people still want good gameplay and everything, but if there's not a good story now, people are dropping games, even yeah. if
0: well, they Well, I, I, I don't know about that, because, like, the, the thing is, like, story and and not story is, is a fickle thing, because gamers say they want story, and then what do they buy? The games that have the best core over, overarching systems that keep them engaged over time. And, like... The, the Telltale series, Telltale is is kind of like the, the best of story-driven games, and yet their games, and while the games do have a pretty good completion rate, uh, there's also a lot of people who just don't play them. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Like, like me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't. Because there's not enough engagement in-game to keep people invested long-term. And so, when you get a telltale game, you know your game is limited to five episodes that are going to be two hours
2: or so each,
1: and you make decisions.
2: Yeah, yeah. I still need to finish Game of Thrones. I still have mm. that one.
1: That that one's actually like one
0: of their least their 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 least appreciated pieces. Um, so um, the last thing that I wanted to bring up was the role of. Criticism in games, uh, and and then and then we're gonna close the show because it's it's getting late and I'm getting stupid. So <laughs> I'm realizing I'm like I'm not as fast as I normally am in this podcast, and it's because I'm tired and stupid. sluggish. Josh, I, dang it! Why does it have to be nighttime? Let's talk
1: of fair games.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cr- when it comes to criticism, one of the things that I've noticed in in the games writing space is that everyone likes to read something that is about something good. And when a game <laughs> oh, gets- Oh, really? Well, I mean like, well, to put it, to put it more, more practically, like if you get a game to review and you're a game reviewer and you review the game and it's just not a fun game, you still have to write every piece of that text even though most people are gonna look at it, open the page, see that you gave a, a bad review, say, okay, I don't want that game and not read it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's an actual art form uh, to draw out the, the most beneficial parts of an experience to provide readers with something of value. Um, and that's the goal, I think, of any kind of writing is to provide your... or any kind of art, any kind of media is to provide your audience with something of some form of value. And, and so my question to you guys is, how do you see games writing affecting discernment going forward? Should we just say, this game is good, go get it, or this game is bad, don't get it? Or is there something more?
1: Uh, get it or not get it, to me, seems like mm. kind of silly, because uh-huh. it, it's based upon the time at which a game came out, right? Yeah. L- like, most review scores come out at or around exactly the time when the game is full price, right? Yeah. Is this worth it as a full price product? So, a reviews kind of always read in that context. Mm. But I, I like to think of reviews as the quality or interesting parts of the game in and of themselves regardless of when it came out.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not
1: really for historical continuity, right? Like I played yeah. Azura's Wrath, did I play it this year, I think? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of interesting things about that game, but uh-huh. I think it's a bad game. But I still <laughs> think it's worth playing for somebody who wants that kind of experience, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, a bad game isn't necessarily a bad game for everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah. and so. I think that good games writing, what, what I'm hearing from you is that it takes, uh, it's providing the tools for people to, to, to parse whether or not they're going to gain something from this experience. Yeah. And if yeah.
1: you don't play bad games or things you don't like, you'll never know what you kind of actually do like. Yeah. There's yeah, like yeah. no contrast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Right.
2: How about you, Brandon? If I want a game, I'm going to. Probably buy it whether good reviews or bad reviews. I'll probably look and see what other people are saying, but it's all subjective to them of like what they saw good or bad. But if I know I want something, I'm gonna get it. If I'm on the fence about something, I'll read up about it. And if a lot of things are saying bad, I'll be like, okay, I might as well wait for a price drop instead of spending $60 or buy it used from GameStop. If I don't like it, I can return it within a week and I'm not out anything.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. Like I, I think I'm gonna buy that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game at some point. Yeah, <laughs> despite the fact that it was, savaged.
0: Yeah, getting yeah, threes and under out of ten.
1: Yeah, but I, I like, I still want to play it just because I want to see like what bad. Yeah, I'm Latin curious because like
0: the other like. other turtle games weren't terribly great at times either, so it got to be pretty pretty. Epically
1: awful. To <laughs> yeah, but like, I'm not gonna buy it at forty dollars or fifty dollars or whatever they're charging. Yeah, for. yeah. But like, I want to see what bad platinum games looks like. Because I played yeah. mediocre platinum
2: games and I played great platinum games. You played the Cora game earlier this year, didn't you?
1: Yeah, and it's like, eh. yeah.
2: Yeah, because I heard mm. that that one was still like kind of eh for platinum.
1: It's it's okay, but it's competent, which is mm. uh, considering it was developed in a six month period. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. it's actually pretty decent. Yeah. But, you also got to add Star
2: Fox to your list too.
1: Yeah, I gotta add that. I'm I'm looking forward to trying the Star Fox and seeing how either good <laughs> or terrible it is. Yeah, because pars- apparently it been sold massively. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm sure I'm sure it was terribly disappointing in terms of. Well, I mean, anytime that you make a game for a Nintendo system that controls weird, it's not. It's it's just gonna have a limited yeah. appeal, yeah. limited audience. Other than Zelda, Zelda yeah. just sells regardless. Oh, yeah, it does. Except for, what was it, the, the Zelda crossbow
2: game for Wii? Uh, hey, Link's crossbow good. training. I like that <laughs> game. I gave it
1: four out of five. <laughs> <laughs> if <laughs> 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 you want the OG gaming it's <laughs> the stupid crossbow.
2: You reviewed a demo, pretty much.
1: It's not a demo, it's a game. It's a <laughs> good game. It's got a, its own disc. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I bought it for 50 cents. I had a good
2: time. Oh, that's awesome.
0: Oh. Cool. Well, I, I, I am looking forward to having a lot more conversation about how to create tools for helping people to discern... Uh, games in the future. Um, also, more in, in in general and more in specific, this uh, Christian discernment being not an easy one-off fix-it-all kind of solution. I think is is the main challenge. Is like we can't just say, "Hey, this is how you discern things. Go for that."
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, we have a rule book. We have a book.
0: Yeah. Yeah, th- we have all the rules By all figured board. out. Uh, It it involves no relationship with the Holy Spirit whatsoever. You just get to choose what is right and wrong from this list that has been put together by people that you do not know.
1: Spiritual (laughs) experts say. Yeah, yeah,
0: spiritual
2: experts say.
1: Um, But technically, we
2: do have a rule book. It's just we're all on different pages of how to understand it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's the process of going through how to live biblically, how to process, uh, what is faithful living in games. Um, yeah, there's a lot to go in the future. And I'm talking very quietly now for no good reason. <laughs> so this is the end of the show. I am out of Steam. I should have stopped earlier because I can't say anything smart. Or Zach, take so fix, fix my ending. Make this show end. Uh, put me out of my misery. Okay, I'm just getting the show. This has been a Theology
1: Game Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Segway. Uh, thanks, Josh, for being on the show and Brandon Ballsey. <laughs> Note would've... to future self,
0: I should only record when I am not tired. Yeah, or
1: have <laughs> caffeine or energy drinks or something. Yeah, well, I don't yeah. want to
2: have that before I go to bed. I'm going to be, i will be like up until 4 a.m. <laughs> I bet you could get some amazing work done, though, at that time. Yeah, <laughs> or gaming.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, we are Theology Gaming Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to iTunes, give us a five-star rating, and... Uh, yeah. And a ham sandwich. I want a ham sandwich. If if you could possibly mail it, then do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they let you awesome. mail food. Yeah, please right? put
2: it in a cooler for them, though. Yeah. Oh, man. It's getting warm out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's hot. It's hot. Yeah. Oh, uh, also, uh, so
0: self blatant self-flagrant, self-promotion, Uh Brandon, where can people find you on the internet? TGU. Okay, yeah. on Theology Gaming University. Yes. Facebook group. Yes. Zach,
1: where can people find you? Uh, theologygaming.com
0: and in under a rock, a lot. randomly in the middle of New Hampshire. Yeah, sometimes.
1: <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes the lights go out for no reason in the middle of a sunny day, but that's just all part of the experience.
0: Yes. And you can find me changing my son's diaper uh, at my house, which is what I'm typically doing at uh, the middle of the day. Or uh, mjoshua.com is my email. Or just mjoshua.com yeah. is probably a lot better than and my email. And your writing
1: appears on Game Church And... Oh, I'm, not gonna, I'm not. I'm not going to go into all the things and that I do. You're a plus ten I mean, damage, and then you're part of the Radiance podcast. No, uh, that's not even
0: accurate <laughs> anymore. It's all. It's all like old and anyway. Just go to mjoshua.com, because that's where I. <laughs> I make game trailers, but yeah, this is make, not me making game trailers. This is me talking about like Christian stuff. You make game trailers. I do. It's sometimes.
1: Anyway, this is the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's sometimes. Yeah. 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 We can end it on that note. <laughs> complete ambiguity. oh yeah i i am this is this is this is me
0: tired forgive me internet i love you goodbye
1: oh this will be fun to edit bye everybody bye Bye.